And so I'm exploring it in a new way. And I think that's the beauty of these practices and these tools is that they will always evolve to meet you where you're at, no matter where you're at in your journey. Welcome back to I'm Trying the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and it's a pleasure as always to have you here listening. I am oh so excited for today's conversation. It is with one of the first true like friends I made through the podcast and Instagram, Hana of The Road to Hana. She is just one of the most beautiful, beautiful souls and I first had her on the podcast, I think she was like my fifth or sixth episode back in, I guess it would be like 2018. And after we did the podcast recording, I got an astrology chart reading with her and then we just started connecting more on Instagram. And here we are three, four years later. And whenever we do get to chat, it just feels like such a comfortable open space. And I can't wait for the day that we get to meet and hug each other in real in real life, <laughs> in person. And now that the world is going back to normal, hopefully that'll happen soon. But today's conversation is truly a catch-up between friends that's also going to provide so much value to just about anyone. We talk about a very hard subject, which is that of heartbreak and rather extreme heartbreak. So we discuss and Hannah really shares about her experience and journey of healing through these tools and practices she's built over the years of meditation, breath work, self-awareness, self-check-ins. And it's a good mix between her telling a story and an experience, something that you can relate to and feel into, while also we both provide insight and advice and tips and tricks that will hopefully help. Hopefully you cannot hear the sirens going by. You probably can. (laughs) Dang it. But anyway, it's going to be a great conversation, great episode. Uh, We always just have the best energy and I really hope you can feel that come through for this. So if you listen, if you relate, if it brings something up for you, if you would like to connect, chat more about it, either of us, both of us would love to connect and continue the conversation. So you can find us on Instagram. I am at Emily Feichels and she is at The Road to Hana. Everything will be spelled out, linked below. She also is just amazing in that she offers astrology readings and inner voice sessions. And I honestly can't keep track of all that she offers, but I have dabbled in a bit of everything. And I can tell you with 100% certainty, like if you're spending your money somewhere, spend it with her. I mean, it's not even about money. It's just like, she is like just the most authentic, true, like, the roots she has in these practices go so deep and they are so authentic and honorary of the practices and their roots and beginnings. It's just chef's kiss, perfect combination there. So if you're interested in any of those aspects as well, definitely check out what she has to offer, um, all of the content she creates. I just cannot recommend this beautiful, beautiful soul enough. Amazing. So I'll shut up. I'll get this episode started and let us know if you have any thoughts or feedback. Also, don't forget, you can share this episode with a friend. You can leave a rate and review. You can share it on social media. And these are all super simple ways you can support a show that takes a lot of work, time, and ultimately is just here to help us all. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Well, how are you doing otherwise? You've had some, obviously, lots and lots of stuff happening, but I have to also say congratulations with like the entire New York trip. Like I was just 
cheering you on from the sidelines. I was like, go queen, go. (laughs) It was so, it was so neat to watch for you and also just so inspiring as well. Like you just endlessly, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. So I just had to say congrats on that too. You're so sweet. Thank you so much. I have to say, I thought about you because I went and I had breakfast at two hands (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, Emily. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I am. It's a loaded question. I am taking it day by day. Um, I'm actually like made the spur of the moment decision that this afternoon I'm driving down to San Diego because I'm like, I just need to be with family right now. Anxiety has been really high, but you know, I saw my ex yesterday for the first time since the breakup. It'd been a month exactly. We came to a beautiful conclusion of like the fact that we really want to be friends and rebuild a friendship, but just not right now. It's going to take time for Mm -hmm. us to, to heal and process and not just like fall back into the way that things were. So it's good and it's it's beautiful but it's also very heartbreaking at the same time so i apologize if i cry at all during this conversation but i just i hope it can be like very real and honest and i appreciate you like wanting to have this conversation with me too oh of course my heart and a never there's ever no need to apologize when it comes to expressing emotion or most things and then be like also just, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, like talking about and whatever it is, like, I want this conversation to be, I was thinking, you know, on my way back up here, I was like, I want this conversation to also be like healing and comforting and enjoyable for like both of us as well. You know, like not, it's not only for the listeners, it's also for us. Like that's part of the beauty and magic that I love in podcasting is that it can be like an experience for us as well. And I love, I want to touch, so you mentioned, you know, anxiety's been a bit bit uppity right now. So you're going to see family, but are there any other practices that you're doing, you know, now, or you usually do and kind of fall into when you're feeling those anxious times? Because I know you have lots and lots of neat tools. So I'd love if you could share any. You know, I think the biggest thing that has really transpired for me during this time is realizing that my spiritual practice is no longer an option. And not that it was ever optional in my life, but I can be completely transparent and honest and say that there were times where, you know, things would be busy and I would put things above my meditation or I would be like, I don't have time for breath work today. And since going through this breakup, that is no longer an option for me. I wake up needing these practices every single day. So that looks like doing my morning meditation And I usually give myself anywhere from 10 minutes to an hour if I need. Um, It's really just dependent on how I'm feeling that day. And then I usually do some breath work as well. That will kind of like intermix with the meditation. And then I do journaling. I've been journaling like a fiend lately, just getting all of my feelings out there, going for morning walks, doing an afternoon meditation, an evening meditation. So it's like I'm pulling from every single tool that I have at my disposal and realizing that it is just a lifeline to get me through these next however many moments, this next chapter as I move into this new season of being single and finding myself again. Yeah, and I think, you know, for so many of us, it is, there is that difference of life when you are single and when you're living kind of like you know, just with yourself versus when you're living with another person and they become so integrated into every aspect of your life. 
and you mentioned how these things became like no longer optional or no longer like, oh, I'll do it if I feel like it. It became a necessity. Were you doing breath work, meditation, sort of like these self-care rituals even before you guys started dating? Like when did those first start for you? And then obviously now they're becoming like much more pivotal in your life. Yeah, so I really started meditating and kind of exploring this world of spiritual healing back in 2016. So that was about two and a half years before we had met. Um, and then we met in 2018. I had just transferred to UC Berkeley where I went to college and he's a Berkeley native. We ended up meeting um, through that. And then we started dating towards the end of 2018, early 2019. And then 20, early 2019 was when I got my meditation teacher certification. I got certified in breath work that year. So it's like, while I had these practices under my tool belt and they were things that I utilized, I became deeper in my practices during the course of my relationship with him. Um, and we would actually do these things together. So it was really kind of this beautiful thing where part of my spiritual practice was my ability to connect with my partner on this other level. And so I think it's brought a new facet to specifically my meditation practice because while I had it before when I was single now it's kind of taken a new form where it is a lot more I guess medicinal is the word that I want to use whereas before you know I would meditate with my partner it was a fun thing it was something that we did as a way to bond and also to of course regulate our nervous system set ourselves up for success and now it's one of those things where it's like I'm doing it Yes, for all of those reasons, it's great for connection, it's great to get into your body, but more than that, it is like my medicine and the thing that is guiding me through this time. And so I'm exploring it in a new way, and I think that's the beauty of these practices and these tools, is that they will always evolve to meet you where you're at, no matter where you're at in your journey. I love that. And I, yeah, I mean, that's just like another beautiful way when you find what works for you it's, it shifts, it, it can shift and evolve with you, right? And I feel like that's kind of testament to knowing what, what truly works for you is that you can, you can come and go with it. You can like evolve and shift with it. And it'll always at the end of the day be there. Right. And I feel like sometimes that way with people too, like relationships may ebb and flow, they may shift, but there are, you know, things that are just meant, meant to be there, meant to be there. And I know for me personally, I, I started meditating, like, probably three or so years ago, just seeing, you know, I don't know, people like friends like you do it and just thinking like, I can do that. And it, it was helping me so, so much. And then as with most of us, you know, when things got really hard, it then became like a, I don't have time for this. I don't have whatever it is. And in the time when I needed it most, I sort of abandoned the practice. Yeah. And only just now getting back into it truly since you and I did that, like inner, it was an inner child vo like voice, inner voice, inner, yeah. voice, inner voice session. And it just blew me away. I mean, like, I, I just, it was such a surreal experience. And it just left me feeling like I, I need this. And it gave me that feeling of like craving it again, you know, and it, it's taken me since then to slowly, slowly, slowly start building it back in. And I'm still not on a like daily thing with it. But I don't know, I just, it's so, so surreal when you can like kind of find your way back to something and you start to feel that like yearning for it again, or like that knowing of like, how it's going to make you feel. So it's just such a beautiful experience, I feel. Exactly. And I think in my experience, you know, when you go through a breakup, 
um, there's a huge void that it creates. There's a void in your life where they're no longer there. And it's emotional, it's physical, it's mental, it's spiritual, it covers all facets. And I think meditation is a way, and this is gonna sound really weird, but it's a way of learning how to sit in the void, which we don't want to do, right? No one wants to sit in it because it sucks, it's uncomfortable, but it reminds us that we can still feel love, we can still feel peace, we can still feel joy, even when we are sitting in this dark black void that we don't wanna be in. And it teaches us that we can self-regulate and give ourselves everything we need in that space and that we're going to be okay. So it's like, on one hand, it's connecting to the present, it's feeling your feelings, it's moving through and healing and not stuffing everything down. And on the other hand, it's also a gentle reminder and like a hug to yourself, like, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be fine, we're gonna be safe. The heart is a muscle and we will grow stronger and rebuild again. A hundred percent. And I think sometimes it just requires a shift in perspective to see it that way, you know, to yeah. not just think like, oh, this sucks and, you know, just let yourself almost spiral and such. But I am curious, like I know, so I haven't been through heartbreak with in a relationship sense of way, right? Like I've had heartbreak of loss, heartbreak of grief, but not in the sense of like, this is your person and this is like the life you've built with them, right? Yeah. And however, I have felt the void of, you know, losing a parent or losing whatever it is, or even like the void of letting go of like an eating disorder, something like that, you know? And I think for any of us, wherever we can feel this void come into place, whether it's through heartbreak or other examples, a lot of the times what's also kind of, you know, keeping us from sitting in that void or sitting in the silence, whatever it may be, is when allowing is when other things start to pop up, right? So I'm not like wording this the right quite right, but I know for me, what happened is that when suddenly there was that void, it made me not only feel like the hurt, pain, whatever of that instance, but it also allowed other things, all the stuff I just stuffed down to come up. So have you been experiencing that at all when you're like sitting in a space where it's not only like you grieving heartbreak, but have there been like other things coming up that maybe you just didn't realize you were like holding on to or stuffing down? Oh my gosh, Emily. I mean, everything. I feel like every single minuscule thing I'd ever gone through had come up in the space of this because while, you know, heartbreak grief, and I can't speak on the grief of losing a parent or, you know, losing an recovering from an eating disorder, but I think grief manifests in the same in, in so many similar ways through different facets of our life, I can say like going through this grief of heartbreak, like it rips you wide open. And, you know, I'm someone who has been in therapy for a few years now. I started therapy as an adult back in 2020 when I'm sure many of us did. And, you know, throughout 2020, 2021, my parents went through a divorce. And that was something I didn't share publicly out of, um, privacy and respect for my family, but that was a very tough situation. And so I was working through a lot of healing with that. And it was kind of this funny thing where as soon as I got to a place where I was feeling really stable and okay and accepting, and I was like, I'm good. I've done the work. It was like this separation happened or this breakup happened and it ripped that wound wide open. So it was like not only dealing with grieving the loss of my relationship, it was grieving the loss of my parents' relationship, and it was grieving 
um, the way that life was just a few short years ago. And then all the grief that's come with the pandemic and so many lost opportunities and lost friends in the midst of that. And I think it's one of those things where it elicits this full body desire to heal and it cracks your heart open to the space where you are so vulnerable that nothing else matters. Everything becomes insignificant. And the only thing that matters is your healing and what you can do to move through this and feel a little bit better. You know, I can fully admit that before this heartbreak happened, I was in a space where I was fully focused on my career. And I was putting a lot of emphasis on the money in my bank accounts and the way in which I was, you know, selling different things and the way in which I was growing on social media and these things that, yes, they're important because it's my career and it's my work, but at the end of the day, like that, I, I don't know if I can swear, but it's like that yes. shit. Oh, perfect. of course. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Or swear. <laughs> perfect. That shit doesn't matter. Like now I'm in a space where all of that, I'm like, I don't care. Like, don't talk to me about, you know, oh, I'm I'm plateauing on Instagram because I'm like, I'm in the depths of like feeling every single inner child wound I possibly could and healing it and learning how to rebuild my life. I can't care about whether my growth is stagnant on TikTok. Like it just puts into perspective, like what is actually important in life? And you realize that the only thing that's important in life is you it's you and it's your healing and it's your well-being and everything else comes second to that. So I don't know if that answers the question quite properly, but that's one thing that's really come up for me. Oh, a hundred percent. And I feel like I'm entering this era. I mean, I just, I did a post not too long ago. It's like season of life is prioritizing like my piece, like myself. And it's so fascinating to me how many of us are just like, programmed and just like led to believe that like not even self-care but just like focusing on yourself is selfish or it's self-absorbed or egotistical whatever it is but it's like how how are we ever supposed to show up for others be there for others create work and content and systems that benefit others and just live life if we don't like show up for ourselves if we don't focus and prioritize and care for ourselves and I feel like I've talked to a lot of people lately and it feels like there's just a, a shift happening where a lot of people are starting to feel this way. And maybe yeah. it was like the pandemic, whatever it was, but I really hope there's like this awakening of how important it is to like, like what truly matters, like yeah. us, like when we, when we care for us and we show up for ourselves, whatever it benefits, like everybody, like that stuff spreads the good, the good vibrations, like coming from us, like it. I don't know. It's just like that ripple butterfly effect. And so I so, so, so love that you, you said that. You know, it's one of those things that I think we all know deep down, but I think it takes a significant level of trauma. Let's just call it what it is. It's trauma mm -hmm. in order for us to fully recognize and wake up to it. Because I can say if you had asked me a month and a half ago, um, this question and asked me like how do you feel about the idea that we need to put ourselves first I would have been like of course absolutely it's so important to take care of ourselves first but my understanding of what that actually means is so much deeper now it is so much 
deeper because we can talk about it on this surface level of like, yes, self-care is important and we need to take care of ourselves, especially in this era of wellness being so prevalent um, on social media and beyond just in our everyday lives. But until you are cracked open in some way to being in this space where you have no other option because your brain literally can't think about anything else and you are in pure survival mode, you never fully understand it. And I'm learning that now. And that is why I will say the biggest, the biggest blessing or lesson, maybe a little bit of both that's come out of this heartbreak has been really walking, walking the walk in a whole other different way. Like I understood my spiritual practice before it is on a whole other level. Now it is a full bodied, this is everything to me in this moment. And I think that's something that perhaps I wouldn't have had in the same capacity had I not experienced a heartbreak like this. Yeah. I don't know. Have you felt yourself at any point in this time kind of spiraling or thinking like, what if that had never happened? Or what if we had never met? Like, do you feel those thoughts come up? And if so, how do you, how do you sort of like recenter yourself? Cause those can be very challenging thoughts to have. And I know I've had them and I know probably many people thinking, listening have had those too. You know, I never had the thought of like, what if I didn't meet him? And sorry, I'm going to get emotional now. No, it's okay. um, because I don't regret our relationship at all. But I, you know, he was someone who we were together for four years. We had just celebrated four years. And he was someone who I thought was the love of my life and someone who I was planning marriage and kids and a future with. Um, the day before we broke up, we were talking about buying a condo together in the next two years. And so there was a whole future we had planned together. So I think the biggest thought was, what if this hadn't happened? And in the beginning, when the breakup first happened, because it was so out of the blue, um, it really was a situation where, you know, the day before, like I said, we were talking about the future. And then the next day he came home from work and wanted to talk and told me he couldn't keep being in this relationship. It was so, it was so sudden. And I, while I have answers to why that happened now, th the immediate thoughts was, what did I do wrong? Where could I have been better? And it was just picking apart and micromanaging every single thing that I could have potentially done better in my life. And I think the biggest thing was just leaning on friends and family in those moments and realizing that there was nothing I could have done and it wasn't about me and it was not the fact that I wasn't a good enough partner. It wasn't about the fact that there were issues in the relationship because there really weren't any. It was, it came down to the fact that this was about him and his journey and him following his alignment. And so I think those thoughts still do come in like, well, what if I had done this? What if I had done that? And I think the thing I try to remind myself is lean on my faith and lean on the universe and know that this happened for a reason. I can see the reasons now, some of them, some of them I know will be revealed with time and also knowing that because this was meant to be and it was meant to be this way, there was not a single thing I could have done to change it, to do it differently. 
And I think I just tried to really find faith and find a lot of comfort in that because it's the only way to get through. Otherwise, I could spend my days just sitting there picking apart going, what did I do wrong here? What did I do wrong there? But really, it wasn't about me. And so I think that's been that's been one of the biggest challenges too. One of the biggest challenges has been how do I not dissect myself to a point of self-deprecation as I search for answers as to why this happened. And again, it just comes back to reminding yourself like you did all that you could do. You did all that you should have done. There was nothing more. It happened the way it was supposed to. And that's where the spiritual component really comes in. Thank you for sharing that because I feel I've watched this exact like situation happen to a very, couple like very close friends in person lately too. And yeah. to watch how many people automatically start to rip themselves apart. They automatically start to dissect every aspect of their life. They try to find a way to control something. They try to find a way to like, just find, like give themselves an answer, give themselves like a solution. And it, it can be like painful to watch. I think from the outside when you know, I know you and I know these other people and I know it was like nothing you ever did. You know, it's like, it's, it just is. And obviously when you're in it, that's such a hard thing to see. I mean, whatever it is, but was there anything in particular that these, I know you have some amazing, beautiful souls in your life. So was there anything in particular, one of these people said to you or reminded you of that really like hit home that somebody listening might need to hear as well? Yeah, there's a couple things that come to mind. Um, my best friend, she, you know, has been there since the day it happened. Like I immediately ran to her and like needed her support. And one of the things she told me is right now it's moment by moment, but eventually it's going to get minute by minute, then hour by hour, then day by day, then week by week. And she was like, you just have to meet yourself in that space. And also know that if you are okay one minute and you fall apart the next, that's what it is. And it's not going to be like that forever, but you have to allow yourself that space. And I think that was really important for allowing myself to be able to move through this process because in the beginning for the first like two weeks, I'll say it really was like I could be fine one moment and then I would just absolutely fall apart the next moment. And now I think I'm in a place where it's day to day right now. I have really good days and then I have days where it's really difficult. Um, and I know eventually it'll get week by week and that's okay. But I think just allowing myself the space to just remind myself, okay, it's just moment by moment. I just have to get through this next moment. I don't have to promise that I need to be better in the next one is so, so important for the healing because it allows, it takes like the pressure off of yourself because otherwise, you know, you want to put this pressure on yourself to God, I shouldn't be such a mess or I shouldn't be so emotional and one of the things I also learned with that too is like when you go through a breakup like this, it's your body reacts the same way as if someone had died because your body doesn't know the difference. There are still neural pathways in your brain that have been formed between you and that person. So when they're gone, it's the same as if they had died. In some ways, it's perhaps more difficult as well because you know that person is alive and they're walking around and they're living their life and you just can't live that life with them. So you have to treat your body with grace in the same way and know that like your nervous system is going through a lot of big changes. It's in fight or flight right now. It's very on edge. Your brain doesn't know how to cope. 
And so you just have to like meet your body with grace. And I think understanding it from those two perspectives was so, so important for me because it allowed me to realize like, I'm not being crazy. I'm not being dramatic. I'm not, you know, blowing the situation out of proportion. My body is literally going through significantly traumatic changes and I have to meet myself with grace. And then the other piece of advice that was so important to hear was to just treat myself in all moments as much as possible. And that this was a time where, you know, it doesn't matter about trying to hit certain financial goals or saving money here. Just do what you need to do to feel okay, especially in the beginning when things are moment to moment. And that's where I really focused on like, how can I create moments of like little joys as I was calling them? So it was like, how can I microdose joy to the point where it's like, I can feel just one more moment of joy, especially like I said in the beginning when it was so moment to moment. So if it was like, I can feel a moment of joy if I go walk to the coffee shop and get myself a coffee in the morning, fine, I'll go do that. If I can feel a couple moments of joy because I'm gonna go get myself a massage, I can feel a couple moments of joy because I'm gonna go shopping, like whatever it is that you need to do, like just allow yourself to do it because even though it feels insurmountable, you won't be in that moment to moment space forever it will pass. It might pass like a kidney stone, but it will pass. <laughs> and the more that you can just create those joyful moments, the easier it is. Cause it's like, you're already, again, your body, your brain is going through so many changes. Why are you going to try to make it harder on yourself? Like, don't do it. Just allow yourself to meet yourself where you're at. I also feel like in that moment, in that instance, it's like reprogramming your body and mind yeah. of like what of life with yourself right of yeah. you can experience joy you can experience peace you can experience adventure like on your own and it's not feeling those same experiences but like always with someone else right and like I love that saying of like the moment by moment then day by day into week by week because I mean I, I think it can relate to in any scenario right I know for me personally like when I'm in a very, very dark place with my like mental health stuff of late, I've been telling myself that similar aspect of like, it is like, what can I do in this moment to like, literally just feel sane, <laughs> to just feel like I can exist without like losing my, my goddamn mind. And it has been about like, what, what will bring me joy? What will bring me peace? Maybe that is just watching a Netflix episode. Maybe that's cooking, whatever it is. Like, sometimes you're in these places where the best you can do is literally just find a reason to keep going like moment yeah. by moment and as you said that progresses and then you know if you're spending a bit more or doing a bit more in these moment to moment things like it will eventually even out and it'll be a couple days until you have to go you know buy yourself laundry you have to go do xyz like it it'll even out again but it is like reprogramming your like mind body spirit to be just be okay again you know to just like know how to live after some sort of drastic change or trauma or heartbreak whatever it is has happened in your life so and, I just yeah it's just so powerful I think and it's also reminding yourself that you can find joy specifically in a breakup like without this person mm -hmm. like you can have moments of happiness and joy that don't revolve around them and for me it was one of those interesting things where it's like I've 
always prioritize like my independence. Like I have my friends and I would totally do many things without him, but you know, we lived together. We had a whole life together. And so because of that, it was, I had to like retrain my body that like, oh, I can have fun getting coffee by myself. It doesn't just have to be fun when we would go and walk to the coffee shop together. Like little things like that, that you think seem so insignificant in the moment when you're living them. And then when you go to do it, you're like, okay, I have to teach my body now to find joy in doing this on my own. And then you do, and then you realize that it was never about them. Yes, their presence in your life added joy, and that's amazing, but it was just always about the fact that they were just mirroring the joy that was already available to you when you would tap within to yourself and when you'd spend that time with yourself. Because in a relationship, your partner is your biggest mirror. They are your biggest mirror for everything. And so the joy you feel with them is really more about the joy you feel with you. And that's what they're showing you. It's not about them. Oh, I love that so much. I never thought of it that way. But I mean, I I think even of like my best, most closest friend that essentially feels like I'm dating it. Yeah. Yeah, that I love that, that like description of like, it's a mirror for you. And so just, I don't know, how can you like relive those moments and make them your own almost? But no, I love that. And it's even too, like, you know, even when the negative things happen, Mm -hmm. I, one of the things that I was quick to realize is when, when the breakup happened, my immediate gut feeling was, oh my gosh, I've been abandoned. I've been abandoned by my partner. And I immediately heard from my inner voice, like, do not abandon yourself in this and taking it as a mirror, like, if he, he may have abandoned you, I know that's not true now. He didn't abandon me, but that's what it felt like in my body. So do not abandon yourself. Like I remember my mom sending me this text and she was just like, whatever you do, just remember who the fuck you are. Remember who the fuck you are and come back to that. Like don't abandon that sense of self. And so it goes back to that idea of everything being a mirror and you're not going to see it right away. You're just not going to be in a space to process it. But once you are able to kind of look deeper and be a little bit more introspective of things, you can see that even those hardest moments were mirroring a lesson to you. And when you find that lesson, that's when the magic and the healing can really happen. A hundred percent. And I think also what can be taken from this is we all know how secular, secular, ah, I can't speak today. (laughs) The cycles of relationships, like stemming from our relationship with parents and other loved ones into romantic relationships and how if you if you don't heal if you don't work on some of that shit that's like you know maybe bringing things up for you it'll repeat and it'll repeat and so I feel like so many of us have this this fear and this anxiety around abandonment and around everything that comes with that right feelings of I'm not good enough I'm not worthy what did I do wrong etc So I feel like also it could be such a powerful time to also like step into that and like work on that feeling, right? And seeing that it's coming up so that moving forward, like you don't abandon yourself moving forward in a relationship and you don't like lose yourself in another person. And I don't know, I feel like it can be such a like good groundwork to just like build up for everything that is to come. Absolutely. And it's like, 
I think the the easiest thing to do in these situations is to run away from the pain that we feel, right? We, the author Glennon Doyle describes it so beautifully as like, we easy button our way out of life and we do it through alcohol, through drugs, through sex, through scrolling, through any sort of disassociation, right? It's the easiest, most natural thing to do is to dissociate because we just want to run away. We just don't want to feel it. But there's this Oprah quote, and I reference it all the time, but I'm going to butcher it. And it's like, the universe speaks in whispers, and if you don't listen, those whispers turn to shouts. And if you still don't listen, the universe throws the brick wall at you. And the intersection between these kind of two quotes is the fact that if we keep trying to run away from what's showing up for us, the universe is going to keep bringing it to us until we learn that lesson. And it's going to eventually throw the brick wall at us to the point where we have something really terrible and traumatic happen. And then we have no choice but to confront the lesson. And so while it's so easy to want to run away, the thing we need to do, and this circles back to our discussion on meditation, is to sit in the void and feel it. Because if we can feel it, and heal it and transmute this pain into something beautiful and it doesn't have to happen overnight in fact it won't it's going to take time that's where we learn the lesson that's where the healing comes and that's where we don't repeat the same cycles over and over and it's often so subconscious right so i don't want to put any like victim blaming in this i don't want to say if you're repeating the same pattern with partners or anything that it's 100% your fault. No, we take on patterns from our family, um, from things that we pick up and we learn. So it's not all, it's not our fault. What happens to us is not our fault. Our trauma is not our fault, but our healing is our responsibility. And so how we choose to show up for that and how we decide to choose something different for ourselves is 100% our responsibility. And that's where it goes back to the idea of sitting with it because it is the only way to take responsibility for that healing. I love that. It is that, yeah, healing healing is our own process. It is our own responsibility. And remembering that at the end of the damn day, <laughs> that's that's it. And I, yeah, just thank you so, so much for sharing. And for anyone out there going through this, you're trying your best, you're showing up every day, like you, I don't know, you've got this. And I, I really hope this episode resonates with those people and they can take it in. Um, where can people connect and find you and follow along? You're just an absolute gem and yeah, it's an honor to know you. <laughs> it's an honor to know you, love. So everyone can find me at The Road to Hana. Hana is spelled like Hannah. It's a long story <laughs> on Instagram, YouTube, my website, theroadtohana.com. TikTok is theroadtohana underscore because someone is pretending to be me, but that's a whole other story. Um, and yeah, I've been being very honest and raw about this heartbreak journey. So if you are going through heartbreak, you are not alone. Um, I hope that my journey can help you in some way. And my DMs are always open too for anyone who's going through this because we all need support and we need to support each other. True. Sure.